Good morning and welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by GetGo Cafe and Market, where Dale, as always, they have great options, fresh food, cold drinks. It's hot out here, Dale. You can step right inside of GetGo and get your fix on real quick. Absolutely. And uh, they've, again, been open through this entire uh, situation uh, with great food at good prices. If you haven't gotten there yet, get the get-go. Absolutely. Speaking of prices, Dale, what's happening with the salary cap in the NFL? I don't get it. I don't think most people do. But you, you've been doing some digging and some researching. What's, what are some of the things that we should be expecting with how this is going to play out? Well, here's the deal, and this is one of the reasons why they had to continue having negotiations. Friday, uh, the NFLPA and NFL agreed that they would take any losses that are incurred during this season with no fans in the stadiums, and they would spread it over the next four years. What that means is that the salary cap for this year is going to remain the same. It's going to be $198.2 million, which is what uh, – that's good news to all, every team because they don't have to cut anybody to get under the cap. Where it gets interesting is in 2021, um, assume, let's, let's assume right now that there are no fans in any stadiums all season long. The, least, uh, or the, the lowest the cap can go in 2021 is $175 million. I know people are looking at that number and they're freaking out. That's mm -hmm. the lowest that it can go. It can't go any lower than that. That's the floor. Chances are it's probably going to come in higher than that. Right. Uh, because they're going to have fans in stadiums in, in a bunch of different places. Uh, they're going to have the extra teams in the playoffs this year. Uh, maybe they make a, a deal with a gambling company. Uh, the players also get the windfall from, from any monies raised through that as well. Uh, so let's say instead it comes, the, the cap comes in at $185 million or something like that. Well, there's still going to be a number of teams that are above the cap. Um, this is something that the, that, that the, the league could negotiate um, you know, they could they could get together after the season and renegotiate again to decide, hey, say, hey, uh, if it is at one hundred and seventy five million, for example, right now, there are 14 teams who are over that cap for twenty twenty one before they do before they make a move this offseason there. They are considerably over, including the Philadelphia Eagles, who are one hundred million dollars over that cap. Right. Whereas um, like the Steelers are only like $14 million. About 14 or 15 million over. Yeah. yeah. Um, it comes in a little bit higher than that, then it's, it eases the, the pain a little bit, but here's mm -hmm. the problem. Even though only 14, there are 14 teams who are over that cap right now, there are another six or seven teams who, even though they aren't over that cap, they're kind of over it already because base salaries go up next year. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to be able to sign your rookies you got to be able to, to make any kind of move. So really about 20 teams out of the 32 are essentially over or right at that cap. They're going to have to cut guys to get, you know, to, to make any moves during the off season. The NFL and the NFLPA don't want that. Right. They don't want the, particularly the NFLPA doesn't want teams to have to go out and cut a bunch of veteran players uh, when there are no landing spots for these guys. It would be, it would be an extreme buyer's market for the teams that do have salary cap. And there's just not going to be enough cap space to go around for those guys to get the same kind of contracts that they currently have. So yeah, and I, ex I expect something to happen after the season where that gets renegotiated yet again to kind of ease the losses a little bit. And maybe the, the numbers will come in. Not Right now they're looking at worst case scenario. That's what the, and that's what they have to look at. But I expect that salary cap to, to be somewhere, um, you know, if it doesn't, it's, it's probably not going to go down 
the twenty million dollars that we're looking at now, it's probably you know if it does go down, it's more like in the five to ten million dollar range. And, and that's something that's more manageable because if it is something that is in the twenty million range, you're, you're talking about those players getting cut and how it's bad for the league. But also think about free agency period; it's going to be nuts. And, and and at the same time, everyone has less money to spend. It's going to be like a fire sale on like talents that you know maybe like a Bud Dupree who is a really talented player, but they can't a franchise the Steelers can't afford to keep him when they had to afford to keep everybody else. Now some team's going to get him for even cheaper. So I agree. I'm really interested to see how the NFL plays this. It does make a whole lot of sense that next year they could be looking at just redoing it all again because who knows if the hit isn't that bad. They might just be like, you know what, we don't need this plan. Let's come out with a less aggressive plan. And the other thing, here's the other thing I think people are kind of missing. You could see the NFL use this as a negotiating tool as well to say, hey, we're going to go to 17 games. Why don't we just do 18? We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll increase revenues here, and, you know, we won't have to lower the salary cap. This is all negotiating ploys. People are going to freak out about this stuff. But on both sides, this neither side wants the salary cap to go down $20 million. That's the bottom line. All right, Dale, the day that we were given, was it a month ago, long, little bit of time ago, was July 28th, and that's, oh my goodness, it's tomorrow, NFL players report, that means we're getting all the action, all the things, there's going to be hitting, there's going to be running, wait, there's none of that happened, right, it's just players just showing up. Yeah, players are going to show up, and as the, uh, as we saw in the, in the, what was agreed to last week, they're going to have to be tested, they're going to be tested Tuesday when they show up. And then they're going to be tested. They're going to go home. They're going to, they're going to, uh, to have to, to monitor themselves, keep themselves on lockdown. And then they're going to be tested again a, a few days later. And that's, you know, if, they're, if they come in clean, uh, you know, the, at that second test, then they're going to be allowed inside the team facilities. The NFL is being very, very, uh, you know, very Meticulous. Uh, cognizant in particular of what they're doing here because they don't want – Guys showing – they know, hey, we know there are going to be guys who show up and test positive. That's just the reality of the situation that we're living in. What they don't want is to allow a guy who tests positive to then have access to the rest of the team. Right. And so you, you, have, to, you have to put those guys on lockdown. I think we already saw today there were, there were six young players who have, have showed up and, and, and showed up at their team facilities, tested positive. They're on, they're on isolation right now and won't be cleared to come back and return until they, you know, don't test positive again. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but we do know this, that even though teams are going to be back at their facilities, now players are going to be at the facilities, we're not going to see them on the practice field before August 17th. That's what's written into this new, uh, this new rule. They're going to have 14 days to practice to get ready for the field, 14 padded practices, and then they're going to start playing games. So let me get this straight. They, they're going to be in the facilities. So that, that means they'll just be working out and just like watching film? Working out, having meetings, some virtual meetings. It's going to be – it's almost like OTAs are going to be jammed into this first couple of weeks of August, and then they're going to go straight from OTAs into padded practices. How much do you think this impacts the quality of play for the NFL? I know that's I probably the question. I don't think there's going to be any doubt that it's going to impact the play, Chris. And, and you know, you think about it from this perspective. You're the Bengals. And Joe Burrows, he's your starting quarterback. You don't have anybody else. He's going to have 14 padded practices, no preseason games, and essentially a month to get ready for what's going to be his rookie season in the NFL. This first month of the season is going to be really sloppy, and it's really going to favor 
as we've talked about before, is going to favor the teams that didn't have a lot of turnover. For example, uh, you can't look at this any other way and, and don't think that the Steelers aren't going to have an advantage in that first month of the season. They've got everybody back. Everybody is – even the guys who were fighting for new, for new starting jobs uh, at right tackle, at, let's say at nose tackle, they're guys who have been in the system. Right. Um, they can pick up right where they left off last year, uh, especially defensively, and say, hey, we're going to run these blitzes from the get-go and, you know, for example, a guy like Daniel Jones in the opener, a guy, you know, a quarterback who's, who's essentially got less than a full season of starting experience under his belt, uh, he's going to be under the gun. Most teams, you know, think about the Browns. They, they get an entirely new coaching staff uh, mm -hmm. coming in there. Things are going to have to be very vanilla for those teams. You know, they got to play a lot of, you know, base cover two and things of that nature until they get everything a little more, uh, you, know, uh, you know, everybody in the, into, the, into the system a little bit more. You know, they've got two new starting safeties up there, new linebackers, all this stuff. So it's, it's, it's really going to favor the teams that have a lot of continuity. And don't forget offensive lines because that is one of the biggest things. Communication amongst all five guys is so important, not just for the false starts and the holdings, but for accounting for the gaps with different blitz calls and different switch calls. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're talking about Joe Burrow. That offensive line is extremely, young, extremely young. They drafted what was it, Jonah Williams last year? He was hurt all yeah, season. So he, this he will essentially be his rookie year. Yeah, exactly. You're getting him, Billy Price, all these young guys that are still trying to figure out how to play in the NFL, let alone play together. And they're protecting the the first overall pick quarterback that did, that only had like a month or less to prepare. That that could be a lot of problems early on. Um, and again, that's still not even accounting for people being in shape to get in football shape which is only going to be, like you said, 14 padded practices. This is certainly going to be very testing on uh, the players in the NFL for who is going to be ready. Dale, the blockbuster NFL news over the weekend was the New York Jets finally trading their safety Jamal Adams to the Seattle Seahawks for two first-rounders. Now, I believe the Jets they also got Bradley, – They gave up a fourth – the Jets gave up a fourth-round pick, mm -hmm. but they got Bradley McDougal back, yeah. who's actually a pretty good player. He is. He is. He's a good player. But it's interesting to me because now this trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, I mean, before we all we already said, like, the Steelers made out with it. But now it's like, wow, Jamal Adams got two firsts? And he's a box safety. He's not your typical, you know, drop back and play cover one, cover three, all the deep, all the deep kind of coverages that Minka does. Uh, and they're both the two all-pro guys that made the NFL's all-pro list at safety this year. Uh, does, does this kind of make it kind of even more laughable what the Steelers did to make out with Mika Fitzpatrick? Yeah, and the other part of the equation with Jamal Adams, uh, one of the reasons why he wanted to be traded was because he wants $20 million a year. Uh, you know, he wants a big contract as well, and he's much closer to free agency than Minka Fitzpatrick is. I think he's got one deal, one year left on this deal, and then he, you know, he, he gets his fifth-year option. So, um, you know, I, I can't look at this and, and think that the Steelers didn't make a much better deal than, than what the Seahawks did. Jamal Adams is a very good player. There's no mm -hmm. ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, but, you know, this just goes to show that the people who thought, well, the Steelers should be in the market for Jamal Adams or they should try to do this, it just wasn't going to happen. You're not going to give up two first-round draft picks for a guy. The Ravens weren't going to do it. They couldn't pay him either. Uh, you know, some of the other teams, the Cowboys – um, you know, it just, it just wasn't going to happen. The Seahawks, I, I guess, are, are, you know, find themselves in a different cap situation. They always do some strange things in Seattle. No, um, I agree. no, it's, you know, some of it has worked and some of it hasn't, but um, you know, 
I don't know that they were a safety away from being a very good football team. I think they're, I think they're an okay team. I don't think they're, they were a safety away. Again, I think McDougal was a good player. Um, they get a great one now in Jamal Adams, but man, they gave up a lot to, to get that pick, to get that player, and it's going to cost them a lot of money as well. Yeah, it's going to cost them a lot of money in those two first-round picks over the next two years. Now, this gives the Jets three first-round picks over the next two years. You're talking about ammunition for if they don't like Sam, how Sam Donald continues to progress or if Adam Gates finds himself getting fired, the new coach might be like, all right, using these picks, we're getting, a, we're getting whoever's Trevor Lawrence or whoever is at the top of the list that year for quarterbacks. It's going to be a very interesting payout. But so it goes back to, Chris, one of the things, you know, if they happen to decide, well, hey, We'd rather have Trevor Lawrence than, than Sam Darnold. Um, that makes that puts Sam Darnold on the open market. He would be a guy I'd be very interested in uh, long term if I'm the Steelers. Right, because that's a franchise quarterback, a guy that was drafted to be a franchise quarterback that you that you, that you could look at there. But Dale, let's look at the at a funnier side of this situation because when Jamal Adams left. Le'Veon Bell started tweeting out, and he was saying, it's all the guys who are hooting and hollering to try to get you in here, and then they tell you one thing, and then they're gone. And then Jamal Adams is like, like okay, whatever, I'll, I'll see you week 14. And Le'Veon Bell's like, you lied to me. You told me that, you, that this was this, you, you told me that this is to believe in this team, and now you're gone. And, you know, it seems like he's poo-pooing because he's, he's now stuck with Adam Gase and the Jets and their, their hopelessness for, for, the, for the upcoming season. Meanwhile, Steelers fans are kind of sitting here like, uh, Lavia, did you, did you forget how Not things ended? Your <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, everybody looks at their own situation the way they look at it. I'm sure Le'Veon, uh, um, you know, he probably doesn't see it that way. But right. I, know, I know a lot of his, his, his former teammates felt that he lied to them. So, yeah, you know, what comes around goes around. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a perfectly thing. And hey, man, I, I remember when his when he was doing contract negotiations. I remember seeing comments from people like Franco Harris, Jerome Bettis, Heinz Ward, like, "Hey, you don't win these holdout battles. Just work with the Steelers. You'll get what's coming for you." And uh, he didn't, and now he's got what's coming for him. So uh, certainly a, a funny thing there, Dale. Always great talking with you, man. You too, Chris. Okay.